Welcome to the number one show and the source of truth for all things medtech. Here, we reveal the secrets and stories behind the investments, science, and commercialization of the medtech industry. Every week, we'll take you on a wild ride with the biggest names in the game, from entrepreneurs and investors who are shaking up the market, to healthcare providers who are revolutionizing the way we think and practice medicine. So hold on tight and get ready for a journey like no other. This is the State of MedTech. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show, and uh, this episode is a really exciting one. It's actually, I think, one of the very few where I have uh, two guests, and the reason why is that my guests today are the co-chairs for the upcoming MedTech Vision 2023 annual conference, uh, which is put on by uh, MedTech Women, a remarkable organization. I'll tell you a little bit more about it uh, shortly. Uh, But MedTech Vision is happening next week, Tuesday, September 12th in San Francisco. Um, They're almost sold out on tickets. Uh, but if you're interested, you can actually go to their website. Just go to medtechwomen.org and click events, and you can get access to their uh, streaming side. So they'll be streaming, I think, part, if not all, of the conference. So let me tell you a little bit about MedTech Women. MedTech Women is a 501c3 organization started in 2010 uh, by MedTech executives with the sole purpose to connect, educate, and inspire other fellow MedTech women by creating ongoing content-driven solutions-oriented dialogue on the future of our industry. Um, I think it's a great organization, and they're really dedicated to highlighting and promoting underrepresented uh, medtech leaders, inclusive of all races, ethnicities, and gender identities. And they envision a time when the medtech industry represents the diversity of our served populations, um, which will essentially, the goal is to lead to improvements in diagnosis, treatments, and outcomes. Their annual ventures is Medtech Vision is happening next week. Um, at the Rosewood Sand uh, Rosewood Sand Hotel, a beautiful hotel in Menlo Park. So again, if you can't attend in person, again, they're almost out of their in-person tickets. Uh, you can just pay $300 for the virtual meeting and you can attend it virtually and get all the great information. But if you're there in San Francisco, I highly recommend going to it um, that day. More details of that in the show notes, or if you want, just go to medtechwomen.org. So let me tell you about our guests today, Lisa Carmel and Stephanie Jones, who are the co-chairs uh, next week. Um, outside of their roles at MedTech Women, uh, Lisa Carmel is the Executive Vice President for Global Strategic Partnerships at Veranex, um, where she really focuses on global product commercialization. She has over 25 years of healthcare product commercialization experience with companies in the U.S., Europe, and China, with a special emphasis on MedTech innovation. And as an active member of MedTech and investor communities, she's also held uh, advisor roles with a lot of startups and accelerators, which includes CLSI's Fast Program, MedTech innovator, UCSF Health uh, Health Hub as well. Uh, she also serves as an advisor to the Cleveland Clinic MedTech Advisory Board, the Mayo Clinic's Executive Steering Committee for Surgical Innovation Summit, UCLA Biodesign, UCLA's Technology Ventures Advisory Group, and Red Crow Angel Investor Platform. She also serves on the board of directors for Marin Health System, a partner of UCSF. And she has a keen interest in the latest MedTech innovation trends and authors Veronex's MedTech Pioneers blog. It's a great blog, which I really love, that highlights and spotlights MedTech leadership and their groundbreaking work. I got to know Lisa uh, specifically through the LSI uh, Investor Summits, uh, which are one of my favorite events. Um, LSI is doing their Barcelona event uh, this time in September, and if you haven't signed up for it yet, 
definitely go and get your ticket or your speaking slot for LSI USA 2024. If you're a startup trying to raise money or you're an investor, that is a need to attend event. So definitely check that out. And uh, Lisa's co-chair, Stephanie Jones, who I actually met through Lisa, um, is the Senior Vice President of Quality Regulatory and Clinical at Evidation, where she's responsible for quality management and regulatory compliances. Um, In addition, she oversees clinical services team that supports many of the research efforts uh, for their partners. Uh, Prior to Evidation, she led clinical engineering at Element Science, where she spearheaded the user interface design and created human factors and and preclinical programs for a wearable therapeutic device uh, for treatment of sudden cardiac death. Um, Stephanie started her career in Abbott's uh, historic uh, engineering professional development program before leading design development programs within Abbott's structural heart and electrophysiology divisions. Uh, She holds a BS in chemical engineering with a minor in technology and management from the University of Illinois' Urbana-Strapain. Now, if you want to make next week an amazing week of med tech networking and learnings, what I recommend is this. On Tuesday, uh, September 12th, go attend MedTech Vision, which is MedTech Women's Conference. That's happening at the Rosewood Sandhill Hotel in Menlo Park. That's happening on September 12th. So if you're lucky enough to grab one of the remaining tickets, go attend it in person. Or if you ha- if you can't do that, you know, attend virtually. The virtual tickets are only 300 bucks, and you have all that content. And then the very next day... Uh, Wednesday, September 13th at 11.30 a.m. at the NASDAQ Center for Entrepreneurship uh, in San Francisco. I will be there in person alongside Kyle Coleman, who's the chief marketing officer at Clary, the software partner uh, who sponsors my program, and the one and only Daniel Hawkins, founder of Shockwave Medical, founder of Avail Med Systems. So that's going to be happening at 11.30 a.m. It's it's happening during Dreamforce, but this is a free event anybody can attend. And the topic we're covering is how life science and med tech companies can boost revenue with digital sales maturity model. It's going to be such a great time because um, Daniel and I always see eye to eye when it comes to the future of our industry in terms of how we commercialize and sell products. And so this is going to be a great opportunity to, one, network. There's going to be a lot of people from med tech, but also from the software industry, um, but also just really uh, get it, you know, get get a really entertaining and educational uh, session uh, between uh, myself, Daniel, and of course Kyle, who is a you know really well respected uh, marketer in the software uh, industry. So that's happening next week on Wednesday at 11:30 a.m. Um, to 12:15 p.m. It's a free event at the Nasdaq Entrepreneurial Center. So just like that, within two days, 48 hours, you can go to two fantastic events, um, meet a lot of great people, and get a lot of great learning. So with that being said. Here is our episode with Stephanie Jones and Lisa Carmel of MedTech Women. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the State of MedTech. And this is the first time I'm having two guests on. This is going to be a lot of fun. So in the past, we've done live stream webinars where we've had multiple guests. This is the first time we're doing a duo podcast, but for very good reasons. I'm joined by Lisa Carmel and Stephanie Jones, who are the co-chairs for MedTech Vision, which is the big annual conference, like the conference to be at. Uh, up in the Bay Area coming up, coming up in September that's put on by MedTech Women. So we're going to talk about the organization, this amazing conference that's coming up, and uh, you know a lot of other things. So Lisa, Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us. Maybe for some of the listeners who are not uh, familiar with you, uh, if you could both kind of tell us a little bit about yourselves, like beyond just you know your co-chair responsibilities and you know who you are in the industry. So maybe uh, Lisa, we'll start with you. 
Thank you so much, Omar, and for having us. We're really thrilled to be able to share um, something that we're so passionate about. Um, uh, I, um, I am Executive Vice President at Veronext, and Veronext is a large medtech-only innovation solutions firm. And uh, that is my day job. And, um, and then when I'm not uh, leading strategic partnerships with our large global clients at Veronex, I am a passionate supporter of MedTech Women and um, am, ha- am lucky enough to work with uh, Stephanie in co-chairing. And we uh, started um, working together back in 2021 when we hosted the uh, the virtual or we were co chairs for the virtual um, MedTech Vision, and then last year, and then again this year in 2020. Perfect. Stephanie, how about you? Hey, everybody, again, Omar, thanks so much for having us. Stephanie Jones, I'm the Senior Vice President of Regulatory Quality and Clinical at a company called Evidation Health, uh, and we build technology and deliver services to really meet people in their homes um, and do decentralized clinical trials. So, uh, that's what I spend my day job doing. I actually started my career at a much larger company, Abbott, who um, has also supported medtech women in, in a variety of fashions, um, kind of been to smaller startups and, and things ever since. So uh, really excited to be here. I've been involved in medtech women and, and supporting the medtech vision event uh, for like eight or nine years now. Um, and really proud to work so closely with Lisa to put on um, and co-chair the MedTech Vision event this year. Fantastic. Fantastic. You know, maybe before we talk about the event, um, you know, for the listeners, I, I want them to sort of get an idea, like, what is MedTech Women? I mean, it's kind of indicative in the name, but, you know, if you can kind of d- dive into the details, because there are a lot of great resources and a lot of m- multiple ways that the organization helps, but, you know, kind of give us a little background on the history. Don't all go at once, yeah, by the well, way. <laughs> <laughs> so MedTech Vision was founded by Amy Bell Ramundo and Deb Kilpatrick. Uh, I guess we had our 10th anniversary last year. So I think with COVID, probably about 12 years ago. And and part of the, the challenge that they were trying to solve is they would go to all these conferences and they knew all of these amazing women in the industry, but the only individuals really highlighted as subject matter experts on the stage were men. So they kind of coined the term "manal" uh, and knew that they could kind of do better. And you know, I've they, heard that term. Now, now I know where it comes from because I was like, "Man, that's that's that that's pretty good." Yeah. So, so the male panel, and um, you know, they're powerhouses. Those those ladies, and they knew a lot of of women and they were kind of sat down together and ideated and said like, Hey, we know a lot of really wonderful women in the industry who are just, you know, our subject matter experts and can talk about this content, right? Not just about women's issues, but really talk about the content on the issues facing our industry. And so, um, they sat, I, they sat down at a bar together and started writing out names of like everybody they could put on stage and realize like, Hey, there's something here. We know a lot of women. And so it was really founded to highlight and showcase like the the female leaders in our industry and the industry expertise. So it is not a conference about women. It is a conference about the med tech industry and women leaders and executives in the industry talking about the con- uh, the topics that are impacting our industry every day. Yeah. And I think that's an, a very important uh, uh difference to kind of point out, which is like, yes, it's an, it is a woman's organization, but your upcoming conference is not uh, specifically focused on like 
women. It's it's just you know it's led by women, organized by women. But it's it's talking about like larger topics in the industry. I know that there are some topics that are obviously specific to women, but you know, sort of broader than that than than just the the idea of, of women. Correct. Yeah. I mean, this, this year, our theme is really on um, health equity, right? And, and how do you really make an equitable healthcare system? Now, being, you know, women's health is a part of it, but it is not just talking about women's health. We've talked about AI, we've talked about internationalization, we've talked about so many different topics that, you know, are not at all about women, um, but really just highlighting the expertise. And we've gone above and beyond. So, Lisa and I are co-chairing this marquee event, but it's also continuing, the, the MedTech Women Organization is continuing to invest in female leaders in our industry. So they're doing mentorship, you know, like mentorship programs and trying to connect uh, female men, you know, women leaders in our industry with other women in our industry who want a mentor, who might not have an avenue by which to get it in their, their day job. Um, they're also trying to get more women in the boardroom and so have done a whole educational series and kind of coaching series of like, what does it even look like? How do you get there? What does it take? Um, really to try and, again, highlight and elevate the women leaders in our industry. Fantastic. Lisa, let me ask you, you know, for you, um, uh, you know, you you have a variety of, of roles like, you know, over at your, of your current company and your day job, but also you're quite involved in the industry. Um, and so your time, you know, is pretty, pretty important, right? Um, what, you know, how long have you been with MedTech Women? What made you want to sort of join the organization? And, and what, what are the things that you feel like uh, a lot of people don't know about when it comes to the organization? Yeah, yeah. You know, I think part of it is is um, what I'm proud of, uh, proud of and what we've achieved collectively as a team is when you walk into a MedTech Women event and like MedTech Vision, you walk away energized and inspired. And um, I think we take great pride in putting amazing content, but uh, the network of the people that lean in and attend and support this event are are just rock stars at uh, collaborating and supporting each other. It's a truly supportive network. And it's, you know how sometimes you go to an event and you come back exhausted because it's just like, it takes a lot out of you. This is one of those events where you go and you come back like, you know, bursting with a, with inspiration and, and, um, and you, it's a real positive, uh, experience, I think. And you have to, um, attend to really experience. I have to say it's, it's unlike any other event that I've, I've, I've been to. Yeah. And I know that for this year's event, you are guys, I think you're either very, very close or you might be sold out for it. But one thing that's nice is that for those who can't travel to the event or attend in person, I believe you have a virtual option as well, correct? Yes. Yeah. In fact, um, and that's new for us, but I mean, last year we did a live stream this year. What we're trying to do is uh, a, a key focus is developing more interactive content. So the, for the people that are there that are, when they're heading off to a, a lunch break or a networking break, the folks on online that have called in are, that are experiencing it virtually, we're going to be pulling, uh, the panelists for interactive Q and a and additional content so that it's a, a quite robust, uh, ex, you know, a more robust experience for all the people um, calling in. That's amazing. I have a question for both of you. Um, what do you feel is an aspect of the organization um, that you feel like is maybe, I don't want to say like underutilized, but you know, every every company, every business has a 
uh, some offering, some resource, something that is like really fantastic, but may not be as well known, may not, may be a little bit underutilized. I'm wondering for both of you, like wh what that is, like, you know, that comes to mind for MedTech Women. I'll pick Stephanie Whoa, to go first. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a yeah. good one. Um, I would actually say, I would actually say just kind of the network that we have built, right? And how do other organizations also highlight female leaders? So I think on our on our website, we try and list past speakers and kind of their background and things like that. Uh, because we don't just want women on a panel at our conference, right? These are women who are experts in their, their domain, and they should be speaking at all sorts of conferences. And so I think... Um, you know, we have some publicly available resources, but also, you know, like emailing in to the MedTech Women organization and just asking for assistance to highlight, like we would be happy to use our network because again, we're all about elevating women throughout our industry, not just at our own events. Um, and so I would say that that would be one resource, you know, we can, we can be a resource to other, other event organizers to really find impactful, um, female leaders to, to speak at their conferences. Yeah. I'm happy you mentioned that too, because I feel like, uh, this is kind of the, re one of the reasons why I started a podcast, uh, you know, before I even had an idea what my business would really be. Um, I feel like there's a lot of really great minds, great and talented people in this industry. And for some reason, and I think maybe this is a cultural thing in our industry. We're historically, our industry has been very bad about helping each other. I think it's a, it's a, it's a culture of medicine, specifically surgery, which is like, you kind of keep to yourself what you're doing. You don't allow competitors to know. And I think that that seeped over into our industry. And so I like this idea that we're getting better as an industry. I mean, MedTech Women is one. LSI is another one, which is like, how do we bring everybody together to get re-energized, get some ideas, and then after these events are done, help each other throughout the year to make the industry great. You know, Lisa, what about you? Uh, do you feel, do you feel, I'm sure you feel the same way as Stephanie, because I saw you, you know, nodding your head, but if, is there yeah. something else in the organization that you feel like is underutilized? Um, I think it, maybe in the past, what was underutilized was our, our ability to partner with other, with the rest of the med tech ecosystem. And we've, I'd say over the past three years have made considerable progress. Like we're partnering with MedTech Color, MedTech Innovator, um, LSI. Uh, and um, uh, we, we're, I think it's a, there's very, very strong partnerships. So like at LSI, we've had uh, MedTech Women um, breakfast and, and we work, with the uh, MedTech Color, uh, like especially with health equity, this theme this uh, this year, um, making sure that we're every year expanding our the uh, our footprint within the ecosystem and seeking to be a, a better partner to them too. So I think you'll see that we typically don't um, we seek not to repeat themes. We seek to give new new um, opportunity to elevate the voices of rising stars and other folks that might not have um, had that opportunity. Um, and I think we're, I think we're doing a, a better job of being a strong leader and partner in the total medtech ecosystem.
Yeah, and I think I think that's the most important thing to take away from uh, organizations like MedTech Women, especially with MedTech Vision coming up, is that you know, these are great events to be energized and get inspired and get some ideas. But I think the most important thing is to to network so that throughout the year you have people to lean on to get ideas from, guidance from. You know, I think too often um, a lot of people feel like they got to figure it out on themselves, and I think that's just such a such like terrible advice. Um, and so that's why I really like what MedTech Woman is doing, especially with MedTech Vision. Um, now, I got a tough question to ask both of you, and you have to give me an answer. But with the upcoming event, we know there's a lot of great topics. But what what panel or topic are you both excited for? You know, is, there's got to be one where you're like, I'm, I can't wait to check out that panel or that topic. Stephanie, why don't you go first? Well, I have kind of... Two different things that I love about MedTech Women. First is we always start with a patient keynote. I think that's so unique to I our noticed conference. that. And this year, I think it's H H Hafiza, correct? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. Hafiza, Hafiza Mohammed. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. She's got an amazing story. But yes, please continue. Yeah. So I think just like that's always one of my favorite things about the event is really just like anchoring to the patient and why we're all here, right? Like we're all working in MedTech to make a difference in the world. And it really helps build empathy and remind us and kind of bring us back to why we're doing what we're doing. Um, so I will say that like the patient keynote is my favorite, but on the actual panels. So my background is research and development. I started my career in R&D. And so I personally am very excited about the driving inclusive design as the new gold standard. So really trying to think about how do we not retrofit things uh, in our industry to help uh, make sure that it's usable for all populations, but really setting the foundation in the early stages of a, of a product design to make sure that it is inclusive. Um, so that's one that I am personally very excited about because I, I am still in some, some ways an R&D engineer at heart. Nice. I love it. Lisa, Lisa, how about you? You know, I'm, I, I'm um, I'm very excited uh, about Hafiza and uh, the patient keynote, and I think part of it is is um, she comes she is she's bringing a, a a multifaceted story in a way that um, other patient keynotes uh, maybe haven't uh, in the sense that she's coming from a angle of a mother of a young child. Um, our patient keynotes are typically not children. Uh, she's speaking um, on mental health. It's an area I think that's, especially uh, during the pandemic, uh, we've all been touched um, in friends, family, peers with, you know, the pandemic of mental health issues, uh, the, the, um, and the lack of resourcing and resources, and also as a, an entrepreneur. Um, so she's, she's, She's like a big dose of of uh, inspiration, and um, I, I highly recommend people tune in for the patient keynote. It's going to be fantastic. She's a dynamic individual. Oh, absolutely! Actually, you know, when I LS, going to LSI for me is kind of like a like a semi religious experience for me every year. I'm um, just from the conversations I have. I mean, it's it's like the best event. I I tell Scott Pantel every all the time. I was like, you know, I I am legitimately depressed when the event ends you know it's like going to a rave you know it's like the dopamine's yeah. gone it's like oh my god it's over like i really feel like that i remember feeling that last year and i'm like man why does this feeling feel so i'm like oh that's right i used to feel like this when like 
you know, when I used to go to like music festivals back in the day. Um, but with Hafiza, she was actually one of the people I met. And I think I, I had like a solid, no joke, like, because it was after, uh, like after, after presenting day, it was like uh, post, post dinner in the, in the main, main area where everybody was meeting and everything. I think we talked for like an hour and a half or something because she's just such a dynamic person. She has such an amazing story. Her energy is amazing. There's, she has like an it factor that's just like, like I was, I'm able to spot that from like across from I'm like, wow. So I'm really excited to see that, you know, just to kind of move away just a little bit from MedTech Women. I'm wondering, cause both of you are leaders, uh, you know, with MedTech Women, but like you're MedTech leaders. Okay. Um, let's take the gloves off a little bit. What's something that kind of really bugs you about the industry that we need to get, we just need to get better at. Right. And I, and I don't mind like sharing, sharing my own, but I want you to go first. Like what's something that you're like, you know, we got to get better at this. This is a no holds barred podcast, you know? So <laughs> I'll jump in while Stephanie's thinking about this because I we're looking at each other going, okay, that's a hard one. Um, you know, quite often, um, uh, you know, so I lead strategic, uh, uh, you know, I'm a, uh, a leader of our strategic partnerships and, and I'm interfacing with um, healthcare centers of excellence with startups, with large strategics, um, there's payers, there's all these folks. And I see such big need around data. The data is so siloed. And um, I, my job is to listen to our clients' needs and to listen to the needs. But so many times I'll go in a week and hear um, how different entities have great ideas on how to solve a big problem but we're not all coming together to form these uh, multifaceted partnerships to, to, to solve the problem. Because a lot of it is the, the data and is so siloed and who owns that data. And uh, so it's a, a bit of a quagmire. And um, I, that's a whole another podcast in and of itself. But uh, um, I, in other words, better partnering to really go after big, huge uh, moonshot type problems. Um, that That's my pet peeve. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because like uh, many years ago that I was uh, uh, really inspired by Steve Case, who's the uh, founder of AOL, wrote a book called The Third Wave, where we talked about there's different waves of technology. And the third wave of technology is, you know, the problems we're dealing with are so big, the internet has become so complicated, that in order to kind of really move forward in innovation, like partnerships going to be the most important thing, you know, and I feel like the only kind of partnership that I've seen so far in the industry, I mean, I know there's a lot of them. But the main ones I've seen are like, really huge conglomerates, which are fine. And it they make for like really great press releases and like going up on on stage on panels to talk about this sort of like big thing in the future, but then they end up either getting dissolved or like it goes nowhere. And I feel like there's gotta be a better way, like maybe smaller partnerships to solve like more specific problems and like building from there versus these big, I mean, look, this is not, ex it's not directly our industry, but like perfect example, uh, JP Morgan, Amazon and Berkshire Hathaway get together and say, Hey, we're going to solve healthcare. And that, that was great, you know, for some wall street journal articles that, that ended in like two or three years. So I was like, that was great. <laughs> Stephanie, what, what about you? What really, what really grinds your gears about the industry? I, I mean, I work in decentralized clinical trials, and so we deal a lot with data. So I would say, like, in some ways, it's uh, just, like, a tangential to that problem. It's it's siloed, and it's also, like, 
everybody does it their own way. Everybody thinks that their own way of doing it is best. And so even trying to solve the problem of like bringing it together is not necessarily just about access to the information, but it's also about like, how do you actually like normalize it? Everybody looks at it slightly differently. And you talk about like, yes, now we have electronic health records, but there's a lot of different kinds. And, and now we're starting to standardize, but data can be really, really powerful but it needs to be in the right hands at the right time for it to be useful. And so thinking about how do we, you know, get the information for innovation and also like, how do you present it back to people at the right time and, and what the right information I think is really important. But to me, the data problem also, you know, speaks to like one of the things that does grind my gears is actually related to our theme this year, right? On health equity. For a long time, everybody's been saying we need to do it. And it's only been recently where you actually see change in the industry. And it's because of some of these like macro events that have happened in the last few years where like, you know, um, not to be political, but there's, you know, restriction on access to women's healthcare in different ways. There's the, um, you know, a lot of discussion about health inequity in, in how we handled the COVID crisis and, you know, myself included, it took a lot of these events to really evangelize people. And so how do we get better at not waiting for these things um, to make it a more health, like equitable environment? And like, you know, I also work in clinical trials. And so diversity in trials has been a thing that everybody's wanted to do, but only until like the FDA started requiring it. And we had some pretty huge blowups when there wasn't there. Are, thing, are we really making strides at getting that to happen? So how do we not just have these forcing functions as an industry to make us do better, but how do we really, um, you know, whether it's partnering with others, but really drive forward uh, of our own volition in a lot of ways. I completely agree. I kind of want to, uh, you know, bring what both, what both of you said together for something, you know, for me, you know, something that bothers me a lot is that our industry um, does not have enough fear of the future, you know, and I'll give you like a great example of it. For a long time, I mean, this has been going on for like 10 years, we've seen hospital access going down, we've seen the nature of selling and product, you know, driving product adoption changing, you know, the advent of physicians spending more time online. And yet, our industry just dragged its feet and continued to just do go about as business as usual, just show up and sell in person, uh, find a way to sneak into the hospital, like all kinds of nonsense. COVID happened. And you know, the industry got like punched in the chin. It, like really it got it, the industry got its clock cleaned that that year and now we're out of it and the industry is like still hasn't learned its lesson i think the other side of it in terms of like uh like for one side like you know at least we were talking about data and then stephanie on the health equity side i don't know why there's our our industry learns from our customers right and you know for certain things but we don't learn in other things so our customers being physicians every year have annual conferences where they go and present what they've been doing and everything. Sure, they compete with each other on grants and stuff, but they still talk about and present so they can move forward as a, an industry like cardiovascular surgeons, nephrologists, et cetera. For some reason, our industry has, and maybe somebody, you know, you know, these various organizations need to come together or somebody needs to do where we have some way of like presenting, like, I don't know, like a data, a data conference where all it is, is med tech companies who also compete with each other come and talk about, Hey, Here's what we're doing with our, with our data. Here's how we think about it. And, you know, you know, maybe, maybe we have to kind of open the books up a little bit to say, hey, if I do this, my competitor will do it. We'll learn. Maybe there's a way for us to work together. Maybe not. But I feel like our industry just has to get better about this, like in terms of A, the collaboration, which is why I love 
what MedTech Women is, is doing with MedTech Vision. But on the other side, it's just like, we have to have some more fear of the future. And to Stephanie's point, like, I, I don't want us to keep waiting for these forcing functions. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll add one more because it's just such a sensitive topic. I'm really sick and tired of seeing really talented people graduating from Stanford, MIT, other places in the country, and then they go work at Instagram or Facebook or, or, or some random SaaS company that like, like, and you, and a waste of time. There's a part of me where I'm like, we got to do a better job in the industry of showing the kind of life you can live, the money you can make, et cetera, going into our industry. And you can feel really good about what you're doing. Cause you're doing something that's going to save lives versus like, you know, manufacturing like digital drugs for children. Like, you know, <laughs> again, whole other topic, but I don't know. I think I think the more we have events like MedTech Vision, the better we kind of have this like level of awareness. You know, I kind of throw a lot at you. I'm wondering just, you know, your both of your thoughts on that. Don't all go at once. <laughs> so I'll go to we'll go to Lisa. <laughs> and um, Lisa, back well, to you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. I, I you know, I we do, you know, it's interesting. Um, you know, it, as much as we are like seeking to collaborate and to to partner and so forth. There, you know, you start talking to, um, you know, I was at the last LSI uh, uh, moderating a panel and um, we were talking about the, you know, being punched in the chin by uh, the, the industry, you know, uh, market dynamics, so forth. And, you know, we're you also- You had a great working. panel, by the way. It was that a really was a good great, panel. Oh my God. I barely had to do I anything. I just like sat and, you know, it was a rock star panel. It was a panel of keynoters, you know? Um, but they literally, one of the topics of conversations, highly relevant to this one, um, you have industry, we had all different, you know, healthcare centers of excellence represented on the panel to, to uh, leaders in innovation, Stanford Biodesign. We're all just discussing, you know, the idea of collaborating and working with healthcare systems that are largely in the red, that are pushing back. Sort of saying, unless you just assume that we're understaffed um, and we're under um, budgetary pressures, and if you're coming to us with another state-of-the-art, next-gen innovation that requires yet one more screen and more training resources and more training to, you know, hold off on that. But if you have innovation that's going to make it easier, uh, less onerous, uh, time-saving, automated procedure, you know, help, help there, right? So, um, so it was, it was truly, you know, it was a, it was a, a revelation there that, you know, not all innovation and, and us pushing forward, um, it with what we think the, the, uh, the, 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 the climate, you know, sometimes it doesn't land at the right time, at the right moment. So we have to sort of be able to um, pivot and respond and to work closely with these healthcare centers, uh, um, our the hospital systems and so forth. It's, it's, it's been a tough environment, I guess. I, I, and I think we uh, definitely have to come together. No, absolutely. Stephanie, uh, outside of MedTech, MedTech Vision, I mean, what does the rest of your kind of look like in terms of uh, MedTech women in terms, you know, again, my biggest thing is that the, it's an amazing organization. And sometimes I think a lot of people don't look past like the annual event and they don't take advantage of a lot of things that you both of you mentioned the network. I think that's a big, 
big one. I'm, I'm very big on networking just because I think like it just takes a conversation for you to get a certain insight, some energy or, you know, and it just kind of changes the way you do things. But what are some other things you feel like uh, a lot of people who can join MedTech? First of all, is it is MedTech Women an organization where you can join with a membership? Can you, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So you can become a, a member of the MedTech Women organization. And, you know, from that, you can hear about events earlier and, and stuff like that. Uh, join our mentorship program, but we do virtual events throughout the year. You know, prior to COVID, we did local site events and trying to start bringing some of those back. So while, you know, MedTech Vision is kind of our marquee event, um, we don't want the, you know, we operate that we don't want the conversation to just be one day of the year. Um, and so really finding different ways, even just getting on our email list, you can find out about different events that we're holding. Again, we're doing this path to the boardroom thing for anybody who's even contemplated or actually has never contemplated joining a board, right? Um, you know, we need the influence of women at all parts of our industry. And so, uh, yeah, join MedTech uh, Women and you can get on our email list and get early access to things like our MedTech Vision Conference, get access to our mentorship program um, and all sorts of other different things. But what, yeah, we do events throughout the year. Not to put you on the spot, but what what is an annual membership cost? Well, you know, I don't know that off the top of my head, but I don't think it's that much. Let me click on the website and see. Yeah. Well, Stephanie's uh, sort of checking on that. Um, part of it is, is like our Veronex is a corporate sponsor. You can come, become a sponsor and then you get access to all the programs all throughout the year. You can also go to LinkedIn and just follow MedTech Women, and they're always posting all the different um, programs on on LinkedIn too. And you guys, also, I believe you also have an Instagram page. I I'm, I think I'm following it. So um, perfect. All, all the social media. All the um, social. I can tell you. So our our young yes. professional membership is seventy five dollars. You don't get quite everything, um, but our senior membership is one hundred fifty dollars a year, and so we do discount on some of our programs. Uh, you get access to different lists for programs that you've attended and meeting materials. Um, $150 for the year. Mm-hmm. You can be part of I our th- directory, post to our job board, all sorts I mean, of things. Not to, I mean, I don't mean a pitch, but like, this is where I, I, I try and tell people like, look, like, okay, so like $150 membership, it's, it's $12 a month and you're going to get access to like mentorship. There's all these different things. I feel like it's something that you should, that every every uh, young professional should probably do is to be involved. And I think it takes sometimes just like one conversation. Stephanie, can you talk a little bit about, uh, or Lisa, either one of you who, who you know, uh, the, the mentorship program. I think mentors are such an underrated thing. And I think oftentimes uh, people, they think about mentorship like, oh, there's somebody I know who's senior to me. I'll reach out to them for advice. But I think there's a lot, when you have a more structure around it, like you get so much out of it. Um, like for me, there's a part of, there's a few paid mentorship groups I'm a part of. It's been transformative for my business. Can you talk a little bit about the mentorship program? Yeah. So it's really a little bit um, yours to own, but we do offer the chance to, uh, I think it's about twice a year. We'll see if anybody wants to be a mentor or a mentee. Uh, and then we'll actually pair you with somebody within um, that in order to kind of kick off that relationship. So we're not necessarily supervising it uh, or, or anything like that. Um, but we are, you know, helping find uh, mentorship pairs. And so like, you know, if you're at a large company, you might not need that, or you might want somebody outside of your company. I know like at Abbott, that was a formal program, but since then I've been in a lot of startups and those programs don't exist at startups. So either you have to, you know, proactively go and 
somebody if they want to be your mentor for the more junior folks, which can be intimidating. And so this is kind of removing that barrier of like you kind of really building this really intentional relationship. So fantastic. Oh, Lisa, you were going to say something? No, and I was just going to say um, it, it's it's not a mentoring per se, but there's opportunities, which I think is a, um, very attractive, is there's opportunities to, beyond your day job, to work with others, um, other women um, in on a project. So you can join a committee and you might be on programming or, um, or um, different types of events or uh, the mentoring. Um, there's so, and you can be on a committee working with your peers um, across at at different companies, at different service providers, and it just is one more way if you're get your head down at your day job to basically get yourself out of that um, uh, and and put on a different perspective and interact and collaborate um, with a really good group of women um, advancing and creating something uh, that's very that you're passionate about. And I think a lot of, um, if, if you, if anyone's listening is interested, they can definitely reach out to us or the executive director, Lynette Kozuma, and she's amazing and can help, you know, do some matchmaking. But I, I think there's plenty of opportunity for volunteers to get involved too. Fantastic. Fantastic. You know, just kind of in wrap, wrapping things things up for the for, for this uh, uh, episode. And again, really appreciate it. both of you are extremely busy. So I appreciate it. We're able to get on the same call. Um, you know, what are some things you're looking ahead, you know, in terms of like this second part of the year? I think like uh, the med tech industry has kind of been hit hard this year. I mean, we had kind of barely coming out of COVID. We have the Silicon Valley Bank collapse. Uh, there's just, it's just and it's a t- tough time for for uh, for raising money right now. So there's like a lot of things going on, but what are some things that you're kind of keeping an eye out for the rest of the year, just in the, in terms of the industry? And I'm going to pick somebody. somebody I, was, go. <laughs> I was going to be less industry specific. Oh, I, look no, forward to MedTech, I, I look forward to MedTech vision <laughs> this time every year. Yeah. Um, so I am actually very excited for September, but you know, I think it feels like there has been a lot of uncertainty all around us, not just for our industry. Um, but it does feel like we're kind of getting our, our legs back under us and thing. I don't know, Lisa, how you're I feeling agree. or how yeah. you're feeling, but like, it does feel like we're stabilizing a little bit so that we actually can be like, okay, you know, where were we, where did we think we're going to be and, and make things a little bit more predictable. So from like the business standpoint, obviously that, that predictability is important. Uh, I'm, I'm like Lisa's in a services organization. And so, um, that kind of, you know, ebbs and flows with the uncertainty in the markets. So I'm excited to just, I think, generally feel a a better sense of like calm and stability um, in this back half of the year so that we can all figure out, hey, how are we continuing? Like, what are we going to bring to the table in 2024? What kind of innovation and how are we going to continue to make an impact? Yeah, no, totally. And I think I think I absolutely agree. It's it feels like we're starting to get our legs underneath. It It just feels like the, the last year and a half has been like very, I mean, it's just been wild. It's just been wild. It feels like things are kind of settling down a bit. Uh, Lisa, how about you? Yeah, I was going to say, I love September because we got MedTech Vision. And then I basically am like, as you had mentioned, uh, Omar, I'm heading straight to Barcelona then for um, LSI and a full week there. And what I love um, about September is I'm interacting and getting in front of all these thought leaders at MedTech Vision and then going to LSI 
in Barcelona with a lot of the European folks or folks that are have more a global perspective. And, um, and you know, I, I'm feeling pretty hopeful for 2024. We're, we're always scoping out six months in advance and looking ahead. And there's a lot of energy around 2024, a new year and new budgets and uh, <laughs> a new... So yeah, I'm I'm feeling pretty good about uh, 2024, but I also feel like I'll know a lot more after after September. <laughs> got it, got it. Just kind of wrapping up, I have sort of those, you know, I, I like to always do like sort of fun, sort of rapid fire questions. Um, this one's going to be a tough one though. I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna worry, but like I, I'm just curious, you know, um, you know, there's a lot of great uh, uh, med tech leaders in the industry who are women. Um, who is one, not your favorite, but one of the people that is like a favorite of yours and why, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll go first just to kind of give you guys some time to think about it. But uh, one that uh, really stands out to me is Ann Ostewood, who is the CEO over at uh, Moon Surgical. One of the main reasons why I like it, like her so much is, you know, I think she being a CEO who's, you know, she's raised two rounds back to back. She's going into a very competitive industry in robotics, you know, with some really tough competition, but she finds time to always like storytell to the market and talk about the problem they're solving, their team, how they're doing it. Um, and so like, I, re I really admire that because it's very easy, I think, as a MedTech CEO, especially when you're in the middle of raising and, and going through commercial, your early commercialization, I think they're going to do, they're going to be fully commercial in US sometime, I think 2024, to just go heads down and go silo silent. And she has found like every way to make sure she engages with the market, shows updates and everything. I think that that's really admirable and I like that. And not every MedTech CEO does that. So I give you plenty of time to think who comes to mind for both of you. Don't make me pick. I, Somebody goes first. <laughs> oh, this, that's the easy question. And I'll tell you why. It's, it's uh, the women that lean in and say, how can I help? And, um, and they're, if they're not just thinking about their own company and their own they're thinking about collectively the network. And that's like Lisa Earnhardt at Abbott. Um, last year, she we asked her if she would be our keynote speaker. And she goes, yes, and I'm going to bring my executive team and we're going to have our executive team meeting there. And we're going to have people from Abbott calling in and Jenny Lee from Edwards, who you know, is at LSI MedTech Women Breakfast said, gosh, we need to be involved here and we're in and consider us in. And it's women like that, that um, bring energy to the party, that bring other women forward and are just leaders out in front, making it a great industry to be a part of. And I know this is my vein, but one person in particular who's been a close mentor to me is Bridget Hurley. She leads uh, clinical at Edwards, uh, their advanced technology division. And she's actually the one who pulled me into MedTech Women and really at a very close level has been a, like a friend and a mentor, but really taught me coming from a really competitive engineering background, taught me what it looks like to really help uh, reach a hand down and elevate other women in our industry. And so she continues to do that. She continues to model that behavior. She is a leader. She's an incredible leader, but she's like a from behind leader. Um, and yeah, I wouldn't be here today without, um, her leadership, her mentorship and her modeling. And Omar, this podcast is not long enough for us to list them. Cause then we got Mirasani at Medtronic and Sweet <laughs> Martana JJ. And oh yeah. I mean, I would just go through on. the list of people we've had at MedTech Vision. I mean, it's, we truly get exposed and get to interact with 
just an incredibly impactful group of women. I mean, I would be remiss to not say like Deb Kilpatrick, who helped found MedTech Women. I, I work for her company now. She's the executive chair of our board and like takes time for everyone. She's involved in mentoring programs and biodesign and her old program, right? Like Lisa and I are just, especially through our work here with, with MedTech Women, are just exposed to an incredible array of impactful female leaders in our industry. So the list is very long. Yeah, I love that. I'm glad you mentioned that too. And Lisa, you know, I think I think one of the important things about uh, these events is to kind of highlight to our industry, like what what exactly is our culture? Like, how do we do things? And I think this idea of like leaning in and not waiting to be asked, but just say like, oh, this person is starting out doing X, Y, Z. That was me three, five, 10 years ago. I'm just going to reach out on my own and see if they need anything. And I think modeling that behavior is kind of like, the first step to our industry getting better about having conversations and figuring things out um, and not being siloed off. Like, I think there is some advantage maybe, you know, a decade or two ago, if not longer to be like siloed off doing your own thing. And then like, but you know, we live in, in a much more complicated world, which with a much more sophisticated, fast changing market. And so I think partnership and exposure to these things is going to be really important. Okay. So, not to not to throw one more one more like strong question, but like I think um, for me mentorship is a really big big deal. You know, I wouldn't be where I'm I'm at without like mentors, and more importantly, the things that they told me. Okay, so what has been um, something that a, a a female mentor has told you in the industry that either was painful for you to hear, was tough, you know, advice, something that uh, sparked a change for you for the better. Who was that person? What did they tell you? And what did, what did, how did that change you? I can go first. Uh, I don't know that we have a formal like mentorship relationship, uh, but Jessica Richter. So I, in my involvement in MedTech Women, had kind of been in very much smaller roles. And uh, in talking about taking on the co-chair role, I was just kind of like, I'm like, I'm a little scared, Jess. Like, I don't know about this. Are you sure? And I, I remember the conversation. I remember exactly what she said. And she said, you need to do things that scare you. And that has, I mean, it's been years now. And that has continued to stick with, to stick with me. And even the theme this year, you know, we actually started out with a completely different theme. And coming back, we, we like realized how meaty this health equity topic is. But I'll be honest, trying to take on this topic it scared me. And I just remember Jess's voice saying, it's good. You should do things that scare you. Yeah. And being like, yes, okay, we have to do this. Um, so that's one thing that um, stands out and continues to like resonate in the back of my head when I get opportunities or hard things happen. It's like, do things that scare you. It really comes and brings a lot of growth. Yeah, I love that. Totally agree. Totally, totally agree. Lisa, how about you? It's interesting. I've, I, I, I'm going to be really on it, transparent. I've never really had a, a, a mentor that's a female. Um, and I was at really? an event at all men, uh, because I'm usually, I've been more in a weird situation, maybe where I'm, uh, that I don't, I'm not, I'm usually one of the fewer women in the room. And in my career, uh, what happened was it was about a good 10 years ago that I was at an event and there were women on stage talking about that pivotal moment 
when uh, they had a mentor help pull them forward and actively um, and, and how that made a huge difference in their career. And I, I remember thinking, God, I, I really have never had that. And, um, and then I, and then I, it caused me to self-reflect and say, I need to do more myself to make sure the women around me have that experience because I didn't have that. And it was, it would have been, I would have loved to have had that. I just didn't. And, um, and so I've tried to uh, course correct to make sure that I'm uh, supporting other women um, and helping to bring opportunities to them and, and to, um, you know, have conversations like that say, you know, if you aren't doing, uh, you you need to be doing this. You need to be thinking about your board journey. What are you waiting for? An invitation? No. (laughs) No. So um, yeah, because I think, and, and once you put that on your calendar to just make sure that you're doing that yourself, uh, then, then you're evangelizing the whole mentoring. This is how it should be done. And it's, it becomes something that's a part of the, your, you know, your everyday, you work it into your calendar. You've got to make time for it. Yeah. Go, go ahead, Stephanie, please, please. Yeah. And also very male, I mean, part of the reason I mentioned Bridget, like my background is engineering. It was often one of very few women in that. And she was really that to me, even though it was like no formal program. And, and because of that, because there wasn't a lot of women, I've actually turned around to really try and mentor women in STEM specifically to your point, Lisa, like there weren't a lot of examples yeah. in that. You know, I'm, I'm glad you bring this up, Lisa. And this is where, again, like I, I love this industry, but if there's somebody who's like a pretty hard critic of it, it's, I would, I would put myself up there. I think this is where a lot of, uh, you know, established, uh, uh, women in the industry, I think they have a responsibility and to try and to make the time and just say, you know, um, maybe I'm not going to directly benefit from some mentorship at this point in my career, everything. But like, you know, I didn't have these things when I was going through the industry. It was really hard. It shouldn't have to be like that for the person who is the version of me like 10, 15 years ago. And I, and I, I want to encourage like a lot of, like I have a lot of, I know, I know cause they reach out to me, a lot of established seasoned women leaders who follow this podcast. I think there's a responsibility. I mean, if you can't attend uh, Met, MedTech Vision, that's fine. I think there's responsibility to join as a member and just lean in and say, Hey, how can I help? Um, you know, cause at least, you know, some, there's a lot of people, a lot of leaders I get on the show who've never done a podcast who don't have any interest in. And, and the first thing I tell them, like you have a responsibility to do this because there's a lot of young professionals that we have to mentor and teach and coach and tell them like, what does it mean to be in this industry? How do you handle, you know, adversity? How do you build teams? All these things. I was like, because otherwise it's going to be limited to just random conversations if they happen to happen. And that's how we lose people. I'm like, I've seen a lot of really talented people leave this industry to go work for some XYZ company that I'm just like, oh, great. How, how insightful. You know, and I, I'm I'm happy you mentioned that, Lisa, and, and I'm sorry that like I, I love the fact that you recognize and you reflected that you never had that, and then you did something about it to make sure that somebody else does have that. That that's really powerful. No, I I and kudos to uh, be, uh, I I love having this conversation too because another element of it is being able to self reflect because another friend uh, basically said, um, you know, we need to be leaning in twice as much also for women of color. And so I, I would say that Stephanie and I and our team at MedTech Women 
and taking on health equity, right? So we're ex expanding our team and we've really worked closely with MedTech Color to make sure that, um, uh, that the MedTech Vision event is embracing more women of color in the audience on the stage and in mentoring um, and supporting, um, you know, our fellow women that are women of color. So it's a whole oh, other I think element to it. It's all other podcasts. It. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and I think, I think that there's a, a lot of things happen when you get exposure to the right advice and guidance. And I think a lot of, whether it's people or companies, uh, would have otherwise been successful and then made it through a harder time had they had the right advisor, mentor, et cetera. And I think it's just such an under, under, um, appreciated thing. Uh, Stephanie, like for, for, for and we'll, we'll wrap up in a second. I know you, you're both very busy, so I really appreciate it. Like to do this on a Friday and given your schedules, I, I me and the audience appreciate it for, for some of the more seasoned tenured women leaders who are listening to this show, aside from a, please become a member. It's 12 bucks a month. Just skip, skip a lunch or something every month. Be like, that's going to MedTech women. Aside from becoming a member, is there anything else that they can do? to help you like how i frame that just skip it's it's that's like one chipotle lunch with like a drink right per month you know <laughs> go put it to medtech but stephanie is there anything else that uh somebody who's at a larger more established organization it's aside from uh attending the event uh and maybe offering much is there anything else that people can do to help uh medtech women grow and reach more medtech leaders yeah, I mean, I think tell telling other people about the organization, about the event, I think we all, you know, if, if you're familiar with the organization, you're the best person to talk about this and the value that it adds, right? It's one thing to see just like a random post on LinkedIn. It's another to hear it from somebody who you deeply admire um, that they can get involved. And so um, tell those, you know, tell the up and coming women to get connected, tell your female peers to get connected, tell, you know, the people above you how impactful this organization can be. Um, because really word of mouth is, is one of the best ways that I think people learn about it. Um, and, you know, again, if you can't attend the MedTech Vision event, there's the online event. Tell, tell women that you mentor about the online event. We know that budgets can be tight. Hopefully it's approachable just to really get inspired and energized by other female leaders. Um, and, you know, again, it doesn't have to end on one day. Uh, we have events throughout the year. And so there's different ways to get involved, but yeah, tell everybody you know. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, thank you both for, for spending some time with us. I'm encouraged the audience. I'm going to leave your uh, profiles in the show notes below. So please be sure to connect with uh, Lisa and Stephanie on LinkedIn follow MedTech Women. Again, they might be sold out for the in-person event. They have a virtual virtual registration. You know, Sign up for that so you can get exposure to the content. Join MedTech Women, become a member, 12 bucks a month. Skip, skip Chipotle once a month. You'll, you'll, you'll skip Chip Chipotle and maybe, maybe a venti, venti Starbucks or something. I don't know. You know. Things are so expensive these days. I got a Starbucks the other day for my wife and it was like six bucks. I'm like, man, what? Like, what? You know, anyways, that being said, uh, thank you all for joining. It's been another episode of the State of MedTech. If you haven't already, be sure to rate the show. We're the number one show in the space for a reason, mainly because I get on you guys for writing this episode. So give us five stars, subscribe to the show, write a review, and then be sure to join MedTech Women. Have a nice day, everybody. and We'll see you all next time. 
Thank you for enjoying another epic episode of The State of MedTech. If you're feeling inspired and love this episode, do us a favor, hit that subscribe button and turn notifications on so you never miss an episode. And be sure to give us five stars and write a short review because that helps more people discover this amazing community of ours. If you're a company who has a executive that you'd like to be on the show or perhaps you want to sponsor one of the episodes, shoot us an email at hello at katibandco.com. Take care and we'll see you next time.